do not like to pick one of those songs um, because I don't like my singing. Uh, but I want you to go to the book of Ruth, and um, I feel like the Lord has directed me to this page over the next couple of weeks, maybe the next couple months. We will be looking at where I believe God is taking us as a church. I believe God has got a place, a plan, a purpose for us, and I believe God is wanting to use us as a church. Last week we met with leaders and different ones and we met and we began to discuss, I believe, where the Lord is taking us and where God is wanting us to go. And I began to work through several things um, the last couple weeks and, um, and, and or the last couple days, not weeks. And um, I believe that I was wanting to take... Um, this a couple areas and I was wanting to go a, a couple routes things that I feel like the Lord maybe is dealing with us as a church about but through a time of prayer I believe that the Lord began to direct me in in this passage in this part in this um, moment of, of the scripture as I believe that what we have been praying for God is wanting to bring to fruition I believe it's found there in the book of Ruth chapter 4 we're going to be looking at verse 13 and we're going to read all the way down to verse 17, and it'll be on the, scene, on the screen. So um, I want to ask if you would, would you stand for the reading of the word? I want us to look at this verse 13. It says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of my life and a nourisher of thine old age, for thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, has borne him. And Naomi took the child, and laid it in her bosom, and became nurse unto it. And the woman and her neighbors gave it a name, saying, There is a son. There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now, God, I pray that you would anoint me, God. Allow me to share this the way that you've laid it upon my heart, God, in the manner that you've laid it upon my heart. May we leave this place full, not empty, knowing, God, that you are a restorer, you're a redeemer, and, God, that we are going to, I believe, enter a season of Obed, God, in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Would you turn to your neighbor or turn around to your neighbor and just let them know they look good this morning? They look good this morning. Some of you probably just told a story. I'm messing. But I want to talk to you today about this thought, holding Obed. Holding Obed. You know, there is a four-letter word that is very, very dirty. Very dirty. In fact, we screen four-letter words. We... Um, we, we, we um, censor them. Some of you have watched things and, 
and they've been bleeped out, and, and, and you know, you buy um, radio uh, CDs or, or tape. They don't do tapes anymore, but anyway, um, CDs and uh, whatever they do. I'm sorry. Uh, digital, is that how they do it now? Digital, you know, my mind's back at um, the, the cassette tapes. I had a friend that sent me a picture of a cassette tape, and it brought me back memories. I said, man, does that, that have that song on it? Um, and we put parental guidance or warnings on them for what we would call four-letter words. But in this introduction, there's one that's spelt W-A-I-T that is almost worse than any of them, and that's wait. None of us like to wait. Amen? None of us like to just be still. In fact, one of my favorite passages of scriptures is Psalms 46, I believe, verse 10, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. You know, the waiting process is probably one of the hardest places for a child of God to be. My mind goes back to those like Simeon that waited for the consolation of Israel and saw Jesus in the temple eight days after his birth and he waited. And then it thinks of people like Anna, how she waited as a prophetess in the temple and saw Jesus. I think of Abraham that went from Abram to Abraham and he waited. I think as a child waiting for Christmas, amen? I remember Christmas would come and the song that I've heard during the Christmas season that says only 364 days to go. That was me. Everybody knows if you're a child and it seems like it doesn't last as long as it used to. But it was as if you waited for eternity for Christmas to come around. You know, we live in a culture where we don't like to wait any longer. In a streaming service on television, you can watch a whole thing in one setting, right? And whenever we have to wait on the next episode in a regular, traditional style format, we get frustrated. In fact, we actually have moved from waiting on commercials. We don't wait on commercials any longer. If I was to tell you that there's something you need to watch, but there are commercials in it. You will try to find the best way to skip through the commercials. We are not people that like to wait. But here in this passage, we see a lady by the name of Naomi that had to wait. She had to wait years. She had to wait a time. She makes a, a, a trek to Moab, then back to Bethlehem and then in Bethlehem has to wait for a, a, a marriage to take place and then a baby to be born. But from the beginning to the end, you see a lady who was empty, now she's full. A lady that was depressed, now she's joyous because she waited on the Lord. In that process, sometimes though we begin to feel as if God has forgotten us, if there's anybody here in this place that are, is listening to me preach, you know exactly what I am talking about. In these moments, I want to share with you three things that I believe we see in this story of her holding Obed. We're going to look just first and foremost at how she got to this point or the beginning stages of her life. And then we'll go into her life there at the return trip to Bethlehem. And then we're going to end this as we look at that moment where she held Obed in 
her arms. When you look at the story of Ruth and Naomi and Elimelech and Chilion and Malon and all of these individuals, it all begins with them wanting to go to Moab. You can go to chapter um, 1 and you'll see that the Bible said that there was a famine in the land of Bethlehem and they had heard that there was stuff going on in Moab and they leave Bethlehem and they go to Moab um, Elimelech, Naomi remember Naomi's who we're looking at today we're not looking at Ruth Ruth is a central figure of this passage but we are going to look at the supporting character of Naomi so Naomi in chapter 1 of Ruth leaves Bethlehem with her husband Elimelech Bethlehem is a sign of a place where God is at the house of bread and they leave it for this place that they think is better that the grass is greener that it is a better opportunity and they go there and as they go there with their children they're there for 10 years and in those 10 years Chilion marries and Malon, uh, Malon marries and they marry these two ladies. They marry o Oprah, not Oprah like the talk show host, but Orpah marries Orpah and then marries Ruth. In that time though, there is something that takes place. Now, now get this, they think they are supposed to go to this place. In fact, I want you to hear how it all sets up, not from what I say, but from what the scripture says. In verse 2 it says, The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she left. And her two sons, now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Now remember, they thought that was the best thing for them, correct? And in the process of that time, then both Malon and Chilion, died so the woman that leaves Bethlehem for better and greener pastures ends up in Moab with no husband and no kids and all she has left is these two daughter-in-laws and she is empty she is broken she is bitter and she has been struck hard by life and in this moment she says, I have heard that there is, there is bread. I've heard that there's something going on in, um, in Bethlehem. So I'm going to go back. So that's her time in Moab. Then she decides to go back to Moab. And I'm trying to be as quick as I can. And she says, I'm going back to, to Bethlehem. I spent 10 years in Moab. And now I'm going back to Bethlehem. Well, in the process, she says, Orpah and Ruth, I know you guys don't want to stay with me. Because I'm just your mother-in-law. So I'm going to let you go and do your own stuff. Well, Orpah, if you look at the name there, it means gazelle. And like a gazelle, she ran. And then Ruth, she stays. Her name means friendship. And like a friend that sticks closer than a brother. She, she sticks there with her mother-in-law and says, Where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. 
Your, your place will be my place. I will go wherever you go. I will follow. So that's where we're at now. They leave and they walk into this city of Bethlehem. And when, when, when Naomi enters into the city, I don't know if it was just a small, small place at that time or if she was just that popular. But when she left, they must have made noise when her and Elimelech left town. Because now when they're coming back, they said, Naomi has return. Now Naomi hears this and Naomi says don't you dare call me Naomi because hear this out this is amazing how this is all going to come together. The, the name Naomi means delight. Delight. Have you ever met anybody delightful? Anybody? Sometimes they get on your nerves because they're so delightful. When you want to be upset and depressed they're all on cloud nine or 10 or 11 or 12. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Her name meant delightful. But in this moment, she hears the, the, the voices and she says, don't you call me delightful any longer. Call me Myra because that means bitter. And listen to these words. See, we just sung all my life you have been faithful. And her words to this was, she said, because God has dealt with me bitterly and I went out full, and now I'm coming back empty. Now, I think every one of us have been at that place in our life to where life has been tough, life has been hard, life has been difficult, and it seems like God has not shined, shone down on you like you thought he would, and you thought you, was, you were going to go and whip hell with a water gun, as they say, but you came back with your tail tucked, and you was like, I went out full, but I came back empty. That Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, Naomi is dealing with so much bitterness. She's dealing with so much despondency and, and distraughtness and, 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 and depression. She's no longer looking forward to what her life is going to be, but she's regretting everything she's ever done. She's looking, she is in what we would call the mully grubs. And so now she is so, so upset. But then Ruth happens to go and start working for a name named a man named Boaz and Boaz begins to allow her to work in his field she finds favor with Boaz and in the process of time it comes to their realization that Boaz is the kinsman redeemer now Boaz is the one that can bring everything back to Naomi she may have gone in empty but, but, but Boaz can restore everything to her life and bring it back to her possession and, and, and look at this over time she begins to get kind of rejuvenated she begin with, with step by step, with, with piece by piece, she began to get some faith and some hope in God. And I want to share with you a couple things because in the end, they marry. And in the end, this woman that came in empty, she began to hold this baby in her arms. I want you to understand just a few points from this passage of story. Because when Ruth gave birth to Obed, Naomi, this lady that said, I was empty when I came in. Now, I don't 
don't know if any of you ladies can testify, but your hands are not empty when you hold a baby in them. Amen. You have a bundle of joy. It is an exciting moment for every lady that's ever given birth. I don't know about you. I know about my wife. The first thing she wanted to do besides cut Matthew's hair was hold him. Yes, I said that right. He was born and the first thing she did was she wanted to cut his hair. But besides all of those, she wanted to hold that baby and her arms was full. No longer were they empty. No longer were they depressed. No longer were they bitter. But let me tell you a little bit just about this story in the short time that I've got. The first thing that I want you to see is Naomi thought that they were doing the right thing by going to Moab. Can I tell you something? First thing I want to tell any of you today, don't you make a single decision in your life without praying about it first. The Bible said in Philippians chapter 4 that if we should pray about all things, we fast forward to the moment where Paul says the peace of God that passes all understanding will be with them. I want you to know before that Paul says that you must pray about all things. I know sometimes the grass looks greener on the other side and I know sometimes we get frustrated with our life like Naomi and Elimelech must have been frustrated with Bethlehem in chapter 1 but if they had prayed about it I don't know if they would have set sail for Moab. Sometimes if we would just sit down and pray about it God could lead us exactly where he wants us to be and I just want to stop for a moment and say if there's somebody out there or if there's somebody listening on the live stream that is about to make a decision in their life you make sure you've prayed about it you may make sure that you've read your word about it you make sure you have gotten sound counsel about it because God can direct your steps but there is a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof is destruction let me kind of back up. That's the first thing I want you to see about this story. Second thing I want you to see is that even in our disobedience, God is faithful. Think about this. I've looked at this so different over my life. I don't think that, I don't think that they had backslidden. You know, I, I think that maybe you can go and do something and, and you hadn't walked away from the Lord. You haven't handed over your salvation. You haven't become a reprobate. You just made the wrong decision. But do you know that His goodness is running after you? Do you know that Jesus told His disciples when He left, He said, Lo, I am with you always. And I believe that meant he was going to be with them in the prison. He was going to be with them in the upper room. He was going to be with them when they got in fights. And, and, and they got in fights. You go look at Galatians 2. Jesus was saying, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And I feel like maybe right here in this second point, I need to tell somebody, you may have made the wrong decision. You may have went the wrong route. You, have made, you may have put the cart before the horse because Lord knows the preacher has done that in his life before. But when you do that, we have a God. And the Bible said that, lo, he is with us always. And
saying, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. I am faithful. Thy rod and thy staff is with you. They comfort you. Let me tell you, you may have went the wrong route. You may have made the bad choice. But God is still there with you. How do I know that? Because even in the land of Moab, hear this preacher out, she found a Ruth. <laughs> See, sometimes God will put some Ruth in our life. I'm not talking about baby Ruth. I'm talking about God's Ruth that will take you and say, even though you're not where you're supposed to be, I'm going to place somebody in your life that can get you to where I want you to be. And may we not discredit God's faithfulness in the lowest seasons of our life. If I could be honest with you, I'd look back at God's faithfulness and at the times in my life, life I was at my lowest he was at his strongest he was at his mightiest he was there with me every step of the way but now when she acknowledges all of this she has so many emotions she has to deal with she has so many so many um, frustrations she goes and she finds herself in Moab, then she comes to Bethlehem, and, and hear me out, she comes back empty, broken, depressed. The one word that keeps popping up in this passage, and if you want to go and read Ruth, I, I would encourage you to, it's, you can read it in about 10 to 15 minutes. The one word that keeps popping up is that she was bitter. She was bitter. What was she bitter about? Well, she was bitter because she was bitter because what they did in Moab didn't work. She was bitter because her husband died. Her sons died. All she had left was Ruth. She was bitter. See, bitterness is just simply frustration over events that you have been done wrong and you feel that if you was, you was unjustly uh, maybe taken advantage of or hurt. See, bitterness, if it comes upon you, it will allow you to never embrace your future, never enjoy your present, and always focus on your past. Because, see, bitterness will allow us to solely look at the fact that what didn't happen it didn't happen the way I thought. Moab didn't bless me like I thought it did. Bitterness will cause us maybe to look and say what did happen. My sons died. My husband died. This failed. Bitterness will cause us to look at life and say you let us down or look at God and say you let us down. Bitterness will cause us to never be able to get past our failures or get past our mistreatments and cause us to continue continue to live in this hardness of life to where we can never get healing and we're bitter and we can never experience the delight of the Lord. I'm going to talk to somebody just for a moment. Is that okay? Let me tell you what bitterness will cause you to do. It will cause you to get jealous over those that have been blessed. It will cause you to get jealous over those that, those that have received. And, and, and bitterness will cause you to get mad over the fact that you can't get over this hurdle. How do you know, preacher? I know because I've been there. 
I know because I, I felt that creep up on me. And that was, that was Naomi. Can't you imagine Naomi walking through those gates of Bethlehem, looking at the blessings of this family over here while she don't have a, a son left and she don't have a husband left and all she's got is a, a daughter-in-law and she walks into the town and she sees this family over there playing and she says, God didn't give me that. And then she walks over maybe unto her place and where she's supposed to live and she looks around and says well I don't have what they have and I used to have it and I used to own it but now I don't have it bitterness will cause us to get to a place to where we can no longer understand that yes we are where we are yes life has been tough on us but there is a God that says he can turn my mourning into dancing that sorrow may last for a night but joy comes in the morning bitterness will cause us to miss out on the blessings of God in the land of the living because we think our past has been too hard our past has been wrong to us but there is a God that says I'm with you now and I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think of say amen somebody oh man I, I, I blessed myself just then What, what, a, what a place to be. What, 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 what a terrible, 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 terrible place for her to be in this bitter, discontent, hopeless situation. It's never going to get better. It's never going. But let me tell you when that creeps in. When that seemingly has a stronghold on you. What is the remedy for me preacher? Well I can tell you what the remedy is not. Finding yourself about five minutes in this altar and passing out on the floor. Because as soon as you get up and leave this church. That, that, that spirit will jump right back on you again. I want to tell you this is my answer for that. This is my remedy for that. Because I see it in the book of Ruth. What happened was the book of Ruth says that all of a sudden Ruth. The blessing that she Get my. I gotta stop. The blessing that she had that she discredited. Can I say that again? The blessing that she had that she didn't give credit to. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? If my car was only better. Well, praise God. Hey, and, and, and look. You may look at me and say, well, Pastor, you're driving a pretty nice truck. I praise God for that. But there's been times, y'all just don't know. There's been times I've had to push that little red truck off because it wouldn't crank. And I had to throw that thing in neutral and go down a hill. And Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's been times we've lived in homes and, 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 and the animals were bigger than our dog. And, and, and we, I don't know why I'm on these things. Because you find yourself from time to time not being thankful for the things that God has blessed you with. When those very, th my God, those very things that God has blessed you with are the things that can help you get to where God is wanting you to go. If you can't be faithful in the little things, He'll never make you a ruler over many things. Oh, I tell you, the book of Zechariah says, do not despise the days of small beginnings.
planning let me tell you the very thing that she did not want to give credit to which was Ruth began to be her biggest blessing and all of a sudden through her faithfulness God began to show Naomi that he is a good God he is a faithful God he is a strong God and he didn't look aside and say forget Naomi but even when she came into the town empty God was right there saying if you'll only trust in me the best is yet to come somebody needs to get blessed by this today it might as well be me I just want to let you know that God can take your little bit he can take your little fishes and loaves and he can feed 5,000 he can take your five stones and he can slay a giant don't you get bitter because it seems like you don't have enough for with God all things are possible and with God you are the majority my God hey somebody lift their hands I know time is getting away from it but she began to use the very thing that she discredited and that thing was Ruth and through Ruth's faithfulness through Ruth see all you need to do when life has been tough on you this is my remedy this is what I do I just keep being faithful I keep showing up to church I keep preaching sermons I keep living right I keep praying in the morning I keep praying and reading in the morning I keep knowing that God is with me it may not be exactly what I thought it was going to be but God is with me let me tell you I'm still reminded of the scripture in Revelation 10 um, 2 and 10 where it says be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life let me tell you how to get rid of the bitterness you just continue to be faithful to God and thank him for the very things that he's placed in your life I want you to look at the one thing in your life see I already got one that you wished could just be a little bit better now it better not be a husband or your wife okay but I want you to just think about that one thing that you find yourself at times just saying I wished it could be better I get so frustrated. I wish I could do this. And I want you to just begin to thank God for it. I thank God for those things that I look at and say, God, why do I have to have this? Why do I have to go through this? Ruth can't help me one bit, but little did she know, Ruth was going to catch the eye of the kinsman's redeemer. See, your little bit of faithfulness can catch the eye of Jesus Christ, our Lord. My God, this is coming out like a fountain. I want you to know your little bit of faithfulness, God, it will catch the eyes of the Savior and when the Savior sees your faithfulness he will begin to bless you like you've never been blessed before I'll never forget man I'll never forget going to Nicaragua I, I, I walk in there first time ever and, 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 and I see I, I see Andres and his wife and and his child, and they're in this little hut-like thing that's where they worship, and, and they got the music blaring. They're, they're playing this little uh, uh, Walmart Casio keyboard, and they're just worshiping the Lord, and, and they're praising God. And I'm like, man, these people, they are loving the Lord. They're loving Jesus. They're praising Him. They are on fire. And then I tell Andres, I said, Andres, I got to go to the restroom. Y'all know? I said, I got to go to the restroom. I'm sorry, man. Um, and he's like, Pastor... I don't know if I want you to go into my house. I said, why, man? Why? You know, I just saw a man worshiping and shouting over there. He said, Pastor, I said, Andres, please. 
I got to go to the bathroom. I don't care. I got to go. I walk into there. I've never seen a house like this. Terrible conditions. The man is crying because I'm having to go in there. I'm crying because he has to live there. And the Lord just impresses me, said, you're about to buy this man a house. Y'all know the story. Those that have been with us long enough, I come home, I tell the story, and we have purchased that man a home. That man, there's a picture in the office, if you want to see it on the way out, of the the realtor over there handing them a key to an already built home. And they're living in a brand new home. But what got me is the fact that they were still willing to preach, still willing to go to church, still willing to lift up their hands, and they were living in some of the most awful conditions. It It wasn't a debate on whether they were going to be in church. It wasn't a debate on whether or not they was going to serve God. They were going to serve God no matter what conditions they were in. And God God used their Ruth to get them a blessing. And all of a sudden, they are living in a brand new home. Let me tell you, don't you discredit the small things. God can take those things that you don't think are good enough, and He can use them to change your life. Now, what do I mean by that? And I'm closing. Rick, would you go ahead and just have something prepared? This lady. This lady has had some of the worst times. She's living in bitterness. She's living in depression, hopelessness. But with every bit of faithfulness that that Ruth and herself displays, I want you to get this in your mind. The scales of bitterness are coming off slowly but surely. Think about it. It's almost as if you were in church and you were bitter, upset over things. And all of a sudden you just said, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to serve you. Instead of fussing, I'm going to praise. Instead of trying to uh, berate, I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to uplift. And with every Sunday of them just showing up, scales just started falling down. Things that used to bother them don't bother them anymore. <laughs> things that used to irritate her, never, they don't irritate her anymore. See, she was complaining when she walked into the city saying she was empty. But all of a sudden, you don't see that complaint anymore. You see her encouraging Ruth to do more and more and more because she sees that God is at work. Let me tell you, the more you are faithful to God and the more you turn your eyes on the cross in Jesus Christ, you will begin to allow the things of this world to fade and they will grow strangely dim according to the songwriter. And you'll begin to see those scales of depression and bitterness begin to fall off and all of a sudden there is Naomi at the end of this book and this lady that has come in empty this lady that has come in depressed this lady that had come into this story bitter and upset she had come into this city in in such a a frenzy and in such a fit she is now found at the end holding a baby in her arm that baby indicates that God I believe was speaking to her saying I can make all all things new. It may seem like your past has failed you. It may seem like your raising has failed you. It may seem like your errors have failed you and you'll never be anything in the eyes of God. But all of a sudden Naomi looks at that baby and says he makes all things new. God is a God of second chances.
Oh, and, and in that moment, there was an abundance inside of her. No longer was she saying, I'm Mara. No longer was she saying that I am bitter. But now she was saying, you can call me Naomi. And it just simply means I delight myself in the Lord. I want you to know it is time for the church. No matter how bad the report has been, no matter how bad the situation has been, we should take notice from the Apostle Paul when he says, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice we praise him in the good season we praise him in the bad season he is my delight say amen somebody hey my arms are full Somebody else, just 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 lift up your hands. I want full arms. I want. I, hey, I know it's Old Testament talk, but it said that in her bosom there was a baby. I want it to be full. I want to have the joy of the Lord when everybody thinks I should be depressed and I should give up. I want to say I delight myself in the Lord. Hey. <laughs> My God, and some of us are here today, and you're saying this, Pastor, I've heard it for all my life. Pastor's gone a little bit too long. Not too bad, see. Y'all think I have, but I hadn't. You know, I've been cutting my sermons down to about 25, 30 minutes, and I haven't been commended one bit about it. So I figured I'd just go back to 50. I'm just playing. Some of us are here today and you say, I've been waiting. This church has been waiting from, is it Carrollton Avenue? Been waiting from Greenwood. Now we're at John Pittman and we're still waiting. We may at times have felt like we were empty and God was never going to do it. We may have felt like we were unprepared. That, that, that we've been hit by the hard knocks of life so to speak but I want to just tell the church I want to tell somebody that's been praying for God to fill you that's been praying for God's abundance that's been praying for God's joy that's been praying for God's blessing that has been frustrated with life and you've allowed it to affect your emotions and how you view what God is about to do I want you to know that God is faithful that he that has began a good work he is faithful to complete it and if Jesus Christ is going to tarry and the eastern skies are not going to split and we remain here on this earth I serve a God that can place something into your arms that will begin to fill every void every heart heartache every hurt every ounce of bitterness bitterness I serve a God who is faithful to complete his promises She held it. She came in empty. <laughs> but she was leaving full. <laughs> she came in depressed. She was leaving delighted. 
She came into the chapter upset. Now she comes out of the chapter happy and, and, and rejoicing and just looking forward to what God has in store for her future. And I'm telling somebody, don't you quit believing. Don't you quit being faithful. Don't you quit doing what God's called you to do. I believe there's a season of Obed that's coming to the house of the Lord. I believe there's a season of Obed that's coming to where you will begin to see things unfold in your life that you never dreamed was possible. You didn't think God was able, but if you continue to be faithful, he'll show you that there is nothing too hard for God. Stand with me if you would. My God, hey! Thank you so much for listening to our podcast here at the Greenwood Church of God. We are so excited that you have found us here. Our prayer is that this podcast would enrich your life and give you strength for this week ahead. Thank you so much for being here. Now enjoy the podcast. This is Pastor Michael Mooneyham. I want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us in this way, but we would also love for you to come and join us in person at 1102 Sergeant John Pittman Parkway in Greenwood, Mississippi. Our service time is at 1040 a.m. We would love to see you here. Thank you once again for listening. We hope to see you soon. God bless.